What is happening? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy, Acton Academy, Placer, and ApogeeStrong.com. Speaking of Apogee Strong, this is another Apogee call. Now, here's the deal. Today's guest mentor and our podcast guest is a rad human being by the name of Brian Callen. You absolutely know Brian's work, whether you know him as an actor, whether you know him as a stand-up comedian, maybe a podcaster, maybe you know him as all of the above. Uh, one of my favorites in all of those categories. Now, here's the deal. I screwed up. I screwed up the audio on this. I did not record something I was supposed to record, so the audio does not sound uh, the same as it normally does. That is a thousand percent my fault but it does not take away from the fact that the wisdom is there. The episode is fantastic, and you are not going to want to miss it. So without further ado, Mr. Brian Callen. There, What's up, buddy? The man of the hour. How are you, sir? I'm just a man. I'm just a man. <laughs> dude, where, where are you right now? Are you in Iowa? Oh, I'm in Des Moines, Iowa, dude. Dude, what do you think about Des Moines? Well, pigs outnumber people, and there's a lot of corn. <laughs> I was like, a, I, you know, I mean, there's nothing. How about that? There's a whole lot of nada. The airport, and it felt like I was. It felt like I. It was a four-hour trip. I, I, I almost fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I know it, man. I dude, it's a. Uh, it, you know what? That's the only place I've ever gotten booed on stage. Did you know that? I got true. I got booed. It's the only place I ever got booed on stage, man. Why did you get booed? So I get to speak. So I've been, I've spoken literally all over the world and get on stage and people pay, you know, companies pay me a lot of money to stand there and say things to their employees, man. And so, um, but I get on there and these ladies boo me as I'm being introduced. I can see them in the front row going like this. So I called them out. Like the company paid me like 15 grand for an hour, right? To stand there to talk to their employees. So they go like this. So I call them out right away and I'm like, what is the deal? And it turns out there's one other guy with my name in this country and they thought I was him. And he like cheated on his wife and he had done all this stuff. So I was actually in Des Moines and uh, they booed me because they thought I was that guy. Holy shit. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, I know it is, man. How they, who was this guy? Was he like a, a local Des Moines legend? He's a just, dude, he's not even, he's from St. Louis, but he apparently uh, has a, his wife was from Des Moines or something, or his ex-wife at this point, he cheated on her. So it was like two days, I, dude, I traveled, I was on the plane 230 days a year for like seven, six, seven years in a row and never heard about this clown until that. And then the next day is some other place in Iowa. They're like, oh, yeah, thanks for coming back. And thanks for taking uh, for for paying for all the, the hotel room that you broke last time. And I'm like, wait, what? Wrong dude. So apparently this guy's a piece of work, man. So but it, whatever. This is it is it is what it is. But it's not about me, man. This is about you, dude. I appreciate you taking the time, sir. This is awesome. It's good to be here. Now, is the sound okay? You need to put my earphones. Sound is great, and if you're okay, we are. We are good. Yep, we are good on this right, side. So, um, and I just want to make sure I give you, you know, full full context. So I build the best schools on the planet, bar none. And we've got uh, the Essential Eleven podcast is very much like a Tools of Titans kind of deal. And so we've been rocking and rolling for a year. I know you were in Tools of Titans, the book, which is where we've got, uh, which is Didn't where we got the that. idea. I mean, but it was yeah. great. And uh, so we've just had rock star after rock star. They're just pouring into young people. And then, of course, Timmy and I started Apogee. And we've got some of our Apogee guys from around the world on the call with us today. So after you and I wrap a little bit, they'll have questions directly from you. And these guys are 
this is literally the cream of the crop of our young people in the society, man. These are guys choosing to lead and uh, Tim and I are handpicking these guys and it is, it is the best, man. It is the best. I love, I love that because, you know, innovation and being an entrepreneur is what, what drives this economy and makes this country so special. But more importantly, you've got to protect the systems that keep that an incentive. That's right. And, and that's, that's the thing I worry about now is that as long as we can keep we, we, as long as we have an economy, a country that allows you to achieve and realize your potential financially, mm. economically, and all the, and, and, and a number of other ways, we'll be okay. Yes, sir. When you take that away, when you punish people who produce and you punish risk takers, you're in big fucking trouble. Yep. And I'll, and and the history books are if you if you don't know that you, you just have just pick up one history book. That's exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right, man. And so and so you uh, were a part of a film that I got to work on as an executive producer called No Safe Spaces, and worked with my friend Dennis and worked with Adam and and got to work with those guys putting that together. And I know you were a piece of that, and I'm so grateful you were on there speaking out against this very thing, man. That is just uh, it is ripping it is well, ripping us up. Yeah, I, I think Hollywood, our storytellers and uh, our, our, our artists have always been, you know, fairly left, which is not a bad thing. You sure. need left and right. You need, you know, there's, there's I, I have this joke about, you know, left to, to be a left wing. You're, you're not going to the person that is responsible for the structural integrity of a building yeah. and making sure the roof doesn't cave in. You, you need a conservative. You need a you need a by the rules, mathematical <laughs> thinker. That doesn't really, you know, doesn't go. I just want the ceiling to be like fat. You know? But you need exactly so when you're decorating the inside of a building, you need fat. Yeah. So you need that too. You need them both. And I think that when you're when you're an artist, you have to be open to all possibilities. You can't you can't really you got to break the, the walls and break the lines. And that maybe maybe that personality type uh, requires you to be a little bit more grounded in your emotions, which tend yeah. to take you places that aren't not it, it doesn't require deep thinking analytical thinking right. rational thinking to be a great actor for example or even a great writer it takes inspiration it's right. a different skill set um but but you know that's 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 sort of why i worry about this narrative that's mm. coming out of hollywood and by the way if you want to work in hollywood you better toe the line because the tyrannical left is very real and that's how that's how people are. But yeah. they they've lost, I think, the the argument with ideas. Mm -hmm. So now all they can do is sort of yep. censor. That's and, right. Uh, that's and right. Force their point of view. That's I, right. And I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to get so political so quickly. It's, I don't even know why we're doing this. That's I, okay. I, I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I, no, just, I understand. But that's that's it. And well, and you're, I mean, you're speaking directly to the, the reasons that Tim and I launch this. First of all, it's part of the reason we create the schools we do. And again, we're not agenda driven in these schools. It is literally beating back to understanding how to think. Wherever you come out on the side of that spectrum, that's great. Can you eloquently speak to what it is that you believe and why you believe it? Provide the evidence, and then I can sit there and look and go, okay, Brian Callen, you believe something completely different. Give me your evidence and let's let's chat about this. And at the end of the exactly. day, we're going to agree on a bunch. We're going to disagree on a bunch and guess what high five you're a good guy i'm a good guy and we're gonna go on and everything's okay that's, that's where right. it's let, supposed to go right best, right let the best idea win Bingo. and sometimes you both have elements of your idea that work well yes sir so put them together have some idea sex and that's how that's we move forward we we get smarter <laughs> when we when we uh speak to each other when we have discourse when we disagree 
Yeah. That's my. That's why this country, the, the most important thing is freedom of speech, which yeah. is another way of saying allowing people to express their ideas, even if they grate against your ideas. You may find some value in their ideas, or if their ideas are repugnant enough, it will just reinforce force how good your idea is. Bingo. But you need pushback. You cannot keep... You cannot keep purifying your echo chamber. Bingo. That's how you end up being a dumb dumb. Yep. If you have any doubts about that, look at, in, at cultures that have been isolated for 40,000 years, like in Papua New Guinea and places where they eat their relatives after they die and get Kreutzfeldt disease, which is like mad cow disease, or you eat your enemies, or, or, or certain tribes, you know, indigenous tribes that would cut, that would get sort of more more status when they cut more heads off. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Haidt talks about this. So, you know, we get, we get more civilized, more evolved, more intelligent when we interact with each other. Bingo. It's very important in an honest, open way. That's exactly it. And not get all offended by it, not bring the emotion into it, bring the logic, bring the reason, right? And it's all that. And so that's, I mean, that's really the crux of this program is Tim and I, and, and, you know, there's a bunch of other guys with, uh, you know, we just had Andy Stump last week and he was helping uh, as far as the integration of all this. But, you know, we designed this as a 12-month program for these guys to take on these projects, to take on these challenges, to go forward and kind of have the bang, you know, kind of kind of moments. Um, and But really put their stamp on the world in that way. But then we come together on these Fridays and we have great minds like you that come in and pour into these young guys. And then what we normally do, so like this Friday morning, we all jumped on and we had, you know, I know we got a handful that could come back today, which is, which is rad. We've got young guys in this program for India and Senegal and Canada and Germany and these guys are coming together and we have Socratic discussions every single Friday too. So we were discussing with these young guys today, you know, is it easier to build uh, strong young men or is it easier to build or uh, fix broken men? We had that discussion today and there were both sides, right? And both sides were represented and both sides provided their evidence and we walked away better for it. I mean, that was it, right? I mean, I that's exactly that. what we're talking about. That. So. So where did you, you know, and, and uh, probably about 2.30, and we will honor the time of about an hour, probably about 2.30 or 4.30, I guess, for you, we'll, we'll have these guys jump into. But you growing up, where where uh, did did this vigor come from? Did Was this something that you guys grew up in, your dad and, you know, your mom and dad kind of put this in there? Or is that something my, that you my, learned? My mother and father, yes, my mother and father always insisted that I developed or had historical perspective. And part of it was I grew up in seven different countries until the age of 14. Mm. So I grew up in, I was born in the Philippines and then I, we moved to India and in India we went to uh, Calcutta and then Bombay, which is now Mumbai. And then we moved to Lebanon and then we moved to Pakistan and then we moved back to Lebanon. And I was there when the war broke out. And I, I, I lived in that country for six months while the war raged. Wow. And it was a civil war. It was, it was really, really surreal and wild and terrifying. And and then I, I moved to Greece. We were evacuated to Greece. And then where we, my father couldn't get back in the country and we met my father in Greece. And then um, we met, and then I went to Saudi Arabia. And and through all that time, I was a, I was a privileged American. And I saw, and by the way, in the, in the, mean, in the interim, I, I traveled to communist China back in 1983. Mm. And, and, and look at pictures from then. Everybody wore the same exact blue smock with blue pants and had essentially the same haircut. Because identity and gender and all these things were considered to be bourgeoisie. Categories were considered bourgeoisie, considered capitalist, considered Western and all that stuff. 
And so that, that they, everybody was also on bicycles. Uh, I then went to Russia in 1985, and um, that was also crazy because I went there with two kids who spoke fluent Russian. And mm. I, I was 18 almost, and I, and I remember thinking to myself, I made friends with these kids in Gorky Park, and I thought to myself, man, you know, this could be a situation where I might see these guys in a foxhole or across from me in a foxhole. So I, and then I went to Yemen and I spent time in Africa wow. and I spent time in, in all these different countries that were way less, they were not as well off as America. Yeah. And it, it, it made me a patriot, but it also made me, it, it made me take not only, not only history seriously, but also it, it, it made me realize that political and philosophical commitment and understanding what, not only where you stand, why you stand, but what you're willing to fight for, being able to articulate mm-hmm. and have a philosophy you are willing to defend. And, and because, because when I would come back to the United States and when I finally got to the United States at 14, you know, it's a different world, yep. especially back then. You felt so safe and, and you couldn't believe it was like my friend's mother. I'm sorry, my, my mother's friend who had spent her time in Russia, her whole life in Russia. And she kept she had a lot of pride. And she kept uh, acting like, ah, we have that there, we have that there. When she walked into the supermarket, she started to cry. Mm. She couldn't hold it in. Yeah. You know, yeah. She, was, she, she was just like, she couldn't believe the abundance because she spent her life waiting in bread lines. And I saw that with my own eyes. And so I think when you see that, when you see poverty, the way I did in Africa uh, and places like that and in Yemen, when you see real poverty, and especially if you, it, it's behind, it's in an air-conditioned car, behind a window, you you have a great deal of guilt mm-hmm. and you have a great deal of, um, you feel like you have a duty mm-hmm. to to be responsible to the opportunity you've been given. Yeah. So so I think I think a lot of it is just, I, I couldn't avoid, yeah. I couldn't yeah. avoid, you know, being outraged at the injustices in the world. And then I couldn't avoid but to see why that was. And so much of it has to do with the fact that these countries didn't have our institutions and most importantly these countries didn't have the genius framers the founding fathers like alexander hamilton and james madison and john jay and jefferson who even though they they owned slaves knew that individual liberty was everything and the only way you could preserve that was giving states power giving the federal government power and most importantly making sure you had a government that didn't allow any one facet of government to right. to, to uh, essentially have a monopoly on power. That's right. They knew that you had to have government in constant conflict with each other. That's right. And I, I'm sorry to rattle on. No, that, it's great. That's a long way of saying that you, you better be aware of how lucky we are that we are able to use our imagination and take our risks and still make money in this country because there are a lot of people who don't think that's a good thing or they may think it's a good thing, but they're, they're putting policies in place. That's going to make it much, much rarer and much more difficult. You're absolutely and that's what right. I'm afraid of. Man. Yeah. And uh, no, that was so well said, sir. And, and the perspective that you gained and the way that you were able to gain, right. The, you're, you're seeing that stuff with your own eyes. You're in those other countries. The challenge as we're looking, as I'm developing these schools, as I'm helping Tim open his school out there in Cedar park, as we're looking at these young men and, and developing this program, we're, we're speaking to young men who don't necessarily know the privilege that they have, 
right? They don't have that perspective. They haven't seen it. So our challenge is then how do we provide that same sort of perspective to these young guys without throwing them in a bad situation, right? Like how do we put these challenges in front of our young people, not just the guys we are serving here, but in our country in general, how do we put these challenges in front of these young people so that they have that visceral awareness of, dude, we have it so good here. I think, I think we're doing it. Matt. I yeah. think we're doing it. And I think there are a lot of people that are doing it. You know, um, there, there, there are, there is much to resist, and there are many bad ideas out there. Mm-hmm. And the way you beat a bad idea, I've said this a thousand times, yep. it's not even my, my saying, it's from almost all of the herd say it one time, the Israeli writer. The way you beat a bad idea is with a better idea. Yep. And and you you you, you the way you change hearts and minds is is not through force. Yep. It's it's through example and through um, the better ideas. Yeah. Express them. Yeah. Learn them. And education teaches you the difference between a good idea and a better, better idea. If you get a real education, that's ex- not the kind of education, not this social science bullshit. Bingo. This this, this echo chamber that our universities have become disgraceful. Bingo. Disgraceful. Bingo. And it's and it's permeating down. And I mean, I've been in this world for two decades now, and it's permeating down into K through twelve as well. You know, I mean, it just is. And I love what you're saying there. Our whole our whole mantra with the Acton Academies that we are building is is not. You know, again, you're not going to tear down the traditional structure of the K through twelve of the university system. You're not going to tear that down. We're not going to go. We don't. We're, we're not interested in fighting that. We're interested in building something better. We're not going to tear down the old building. We're going to build a bigger building, right? And, we, right? and we liken it to, um, you know, very much like the CrossFit movement, right? CrossFit came along, and whether you like it or not, um, they changed fitness, right? It's, yeah, they there, did. There's yeah, no they way did. to deny it, right? They built something different, and so now you go into your big box, you go to your Bally's, your Gold's, whatever. They've got their CrossFit style classes, right? And I mean, yeah. and you know, as a, as a right. you're. So that's what we are doing. So that, that's what jujitsu did for martial arts. That's right. Change. That's, that's right. The UFC, the UFC did, did it. I mean, Bingo. All of a sudden, your your kung fu is no good here, bro. That's right. You that's know. right. And I know you are a master of karate, and I know that. Well, I, I'm glad you say uh, you said karate, and and don't don't forget kung fu. And but kung I, I can't really, I can't demonstrate any of The style I practice is illegal, as you know, I, in 50 states. I do know that. So, I do know yeah. that. Yeah, no, that is no, it is. Uh, undoubtedly true uh, i love Thank that man you. have you have you gotten to come have you got to meet tim he wasn't able to jump on it this time um i don't think he said uh, he's going to try to tim, pop in uh, if he can, but last name kennedy uh, to, oh tim yeah I, i've done podcasts with tim I you've done podcasts with tim, tim right you talk I, okay good good, good. The last okay time i talked to tim i talked i called tim uh i think i wanted to compliment him on something he, he'll call me sometimes you know I, it's it's all i get giddy because he called me and said something he's listening to a podcast and said you're smarter than you look or something like that. That's right? awesome. Yeah. And, and I called him, I called him to compliment him recently and, and he answered the phone this way. He answered the phone and he goes, America. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, he's dude. Such, he's such a stud. He's such an amazing, he might be in many ways the toughest human being on the planet. I mean, the guy essentially beat Yoel Romero. Yeah. Yoel Romero oh, yeah. was a two-time oh, yeah. world champion wrestler. Yoel Romero was made in a lab. He's horrifying. Is 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 incredible, and he basically beat you out. Oh, and by the way, he's also a a high level operator, right? Special yeah. forces, badass. Who you know? I mean, I how do you do it, dude? He's, he's he fun. is a he is. If if he wasn't such a good guy and such a nice guy, he'd be the most horrifying individual that I've ever well, met. Well, that's the other thing. He is a he can be a horrifying individual for sure. He also understands the the necessity and the value in 
in, in educating his children yes. with uh, things like the arts. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, remember that Tim knows that he's, he's like, yeah, I want to start school. We have, we teach violin, we teach music, we teach acting, we teach writing. Because, because remember this too, a culture, the cornerstone of a culture. That's right. A culture, a culture's pride is in its artistic expression. That's right. That's exactly and right. So, you know, that that's that's a very important thing to keep yeah, in mind. Man. Art is incredibly important. That is awesome. Yeah, and that's a, I mean again, that's a huge crux, a big part of the schools that that uh, we are building, right? And we talk about the hero's journey, man, incessantly. The hero's journey because we want to figure out that every every young person we have, you know, that's our that's our inherent belief is that they are a genius. They've got something visceral inside of them that nobody else in this world has. So we want to unlock that. What is that? How are you going to go out and impact the world? And you know, character at this point non-negotiable all those things are non-negotiable and then let's get down to figuring out who you are rather than playing all the agenda bs man so yeah, yeah that's stay uncomfortable stay it's uncomfortable. rad dude that's exactly it yeah t- the success comes from discomfort dude really that is it that is you know, it it's I, I, I tell a story all the time but i was in acting class and my teacher looked at me this is probably 20 years ago and i was so nervous i was in this class with these very famous actors yeah and uh and i somehow i got in and, and uh, i've been invited in after spending years in this other class and I, there I am. And the teacher looked at me and said, and I'd done a scene that was, people really laughed. And, uh, and he said, uh, very good. Very good. Um, he said, you don't like yourself too much though. You got a little second class citizen going on, a <laughs> little low self-esteem. And before I could answer another famous actor, a yeah. famous actor in the, in the room who I looked up to said, thank God. And everybody kind of looked at him and said, well, it wouldn't be funny if he liked himself. Wow. So, yeah. So so you don't have to love yourself. A, a sense of a deep sense of dissatisfaction is okay. Should always yeah. be present. Yeah. I love that, man. That's so funny. Yeah. Um we went to uh I went out to Austin to go meet with Tim. We were kind of finalizing this whole program and and um, kind of going to talk about the schools and all that stuff. And we went out there and and uh, before we could get down to business, he's like, "Nope, we're gonna we're gonna have a workout first. Um, we're gonna see if you're you know if you're a uh, if you're a, a California teacher or if you've got something else you know going on. If you're this California educator or if you have something else to you." So he put us through this just god awful horrible workout. I had a friend of mine with me, and the, the guy's just like, "I'm not gonna be able to complete this, man. What do I do?" And I'm like, "You just don't quit. I don't give a shit if you die. You die right here. I don't care. You, you just I, you die, you die right here. here on the floor, dude. But you do not quit. Like you just you, you, you just go." roll with him you didn't roll with him that was i didn't get to roll with him man no i don't want i mean i kind of want to but i kind but i definitely don't dude i mean i don't want to i don't want to brag to a to a a master uh like yourself but i may or may not have had nine fights in a cage brian callen I didn't know that. I so. may or may not have had nine fights in a cage, and it was due during when uh, it was like Sketchyville. You know, obviously I was never at Tim's level, but it was Sketchyville. Like we were in airplane hangers, we're like blood tests, and dude never heard of it. What's your weight? I don't know. <laughs> they look about the same ish, right? Some of the sketchy, like kingdom looking, old school, like sure. some sketchy stuff, dude. Dude, my 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 admiration grows. It's so that's, uh, that's not a small deal. Six, nine fights in a cage is a big fucking deal great exp- what weight did you fight at? uh so i fought i did eight of them at 170 and then one at a, it was a catch weight one we did a 160 i really should have been a 155 but um i did a wow. 160 as well wow. so dude so Good first so i gotta tell you so first one ever i'm gonna go try out do you remember the ifl when that happened kind of the team sport sort of deal right yeah so i was training out at uh frank shamrock's place out in san jose right and so uh ifl is going but ken 
uh, gives me a call. His brother gives me a call and is like, hey, man, I'm going to have this team. I know you're training with Frank, um, but he's already got his you know, 55 and his 70 locked down. We're going to have a tryout for uh, for my Reno-based team, man. I'd love for you to come come try out. You know, I'm like, okay, cool, man. Sign me up. He's like, and it's in about a week. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. Like, I'm, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go, right? Jeez. And then he calls me back later. And he says, oh, by the way, he says, uh, he says, would you want to take a fight too? And I hadn't at that point had a competitive fight. And I'm like, uh, yeah, man, when, when is this? And he's like, it's actually the night before the tryout. Um, and I'm throwing an event up here in Susanville, California, up at the Indian Casino, India Casino. Like if you want to do it, uh, you're in. Yeah, I know, I, I, yeah, I know exactly. Dude. So I'm just like, yep, it's done deal, man. Cool. Sign me up. Let's go. Um, I was like, do you know who I'm fighting? He's like, I have no clue. We'll see you there. I'm like, sweet man. Sounds good. Right. So I got no, dude, I got terrified. So I show up and dude, so this is the first time I'm fighting. We're up at this casino. Of course, Ken walks in. I see like Dean Lister walk in. Randy Couture walks in, dude. Guy Metzger walks in. Vernon White, Boss Rutten. I'm sitting here going, these are all these guys that I look up to. The the royalty. And I'm just going, I'm, exactly. And I'm, so I'm, I'm pissing myself, right? This is at the weigh-in. And I find out at the weigh-in who I'm fighting, who this guy who I've, I've stayed friends with him since then, but he's a, uh, he's a Mongol, uh, one of those biker gang dudes, you know? Um, So I'm like, cool, man. That sounds good. Cause he's, with his mongol buddies i'm fighting in front of guys that i look up to i cut weight like a chump to try to make it here i'm like this is not gonna go well dude at all um but it was great and bruce buffer was announcing right so bruce calls did you win i I did man i look like a i I gassed out in the uh backstage i gassed like we were a mile high i had had a horrible weight cut um but bruce as soon as bruce announced me man i was fired up uh i got What, what was your discipline uh, so I grew up. I grew up kickboxing, so I had oh. decent stand up, but I had very little ground game at that point. But even even so, I won by second round triangle choke uh, and went in by submission. But uh, dude, what oh, oh. that was my intro to mixed martial arts right there, man. But it was fun. It was that's rad. Pretty badass. Yeah, it was that's cool, great. man. It was, it was super you know, that, cool. That's, when you're when you're a young man, um, I think putting yourself in those positions because you know you're going to regret it if you don't. That's right. It's and, that. and there's something that, that nothing compares to that. That's right. Nothing compares That's right. to putting yourself in a position where you come up against objective reality. Mm. And, you know, um, I, I, I didn't know I said this, but, but um, my, uh, Stephen Crowder told me I said this long time. I was like, I was impressed with myself. Because, uh, <laughs> and I, I, but I said, if you want to get to know yourself, if you really want to get to know who you are, get good at something. And um, oh, I hope that was my like that. thought because um, maybe I heard it somewhere. But either way, uh, that's very true. Yep. Right? So, so and, and there's something about getting good enough at anything and really putting yourself in in a in, in an extreme circumstance. Mm. I mean, like a cage, a real fight. You get to know yourself right quick, don't you? Really quick. Yeah. Really quick. That is the. I mean, it's the beauty of that sport in general. But it is. It's the beauty. It's the beauty of getting mastery or working towards mastery of anything. Like you said, yeah. you know, I know you've learned so much about yourself, not just in front of the camera, but on stage, too, right? I mean, yeah. you you know yourself. Yeah. You've got a self awareness there because of 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 all those hours that you're spending in front of those people. Well, it started with wrestling, to be honest with you. Oh, it, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. It's such a. It's such a. You know, judo when I was a kid and yep. wrestling was was was. Um, so difficult, yeah. so so scary. Totally. And uh, and uh, in fact, I, I'm here in Iowa and I'm getting flashbacks. I, I went to Dan Gable's wrestling. Camp. Did you? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it was such a nightmare. They actually shut it down, I think, the year after I left because it was just too much. And a third of the camp would drop out, and it was crazy. It was the only time I thought I was going to quit something, but I didn't. And um, it just – those things when you're a young man, you know, it's like you're flirting with your own mortality. You're, you're, you're pushing your own limits. You're yeah. seeing what the fuck you're made of. Yes. Boy, you learn how tough you're not, and you learn how tough you are. Yeah. And those are two important things, man. That's huge, man. That's so rad. So rad, dude. I love hearing that. Gable scares he's, – he's one of those guys that scares the junk out of me to this day, man. Oh the God. intensity yeah. of that man um, and the stories around that man. And there's some projects and some stories that we're going to be doing a little bit later in this program. These young bucks are going to get exposed to him too because um, what a savage, dude. What a savage. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Gentlemen, I, wanna, I want to – open up to you guys so if you guys have some questions for mr callan i want you guys to throw them up um throw your hand up um because i'm going to keep talking i'm going to keep talking to him until the time runs out if you guys don't jump in there so i want you guys to be able to ask some questions too so i don't monopolize the time kaleo talk about this young guys in some jujitsu right here bmx stud go for it kaleo you are up sir all right here's my question so brian knowing yes, what you know now Knowing what you know now, if you could choose one language to have learned uh, in your younger days, what would it have been? Alors, je parle français couramment, ok? Parce que j'habitais à Liban quand j'étais un petit garçon comme toi, et j'allais à l'école française là-bas. So I speak French. So, but if but but if I didn't speak French, I'd like to speak uh, Italian <laughs> or well, Spanish. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Well done. I like that you have somebody that young. I love that you have somebody that young listening. What a great kid. What a smart kid. That is awesome, man. And when, I mean, that's pretty cool. How old are you, young man? I am 13 years old. That's my daughter's age. That's oh, okay. awesome. I love, that you're, I love that you're actually engaged in this discussion at your age. It's going to make the difference. It's pretty cool, man. It is cool, man. Dude, I'm, awesome. I'm telling you, these are these – are, Young people choosing to lead on purpose, man. This is the future. These are the future. But you got 13. I'm Antonio, I see you're going to be up next, sir. You have 13, and is that is that your only one? I apologize. I don't know. I got a nine-year-old as well. A nine-year-old too. Yeah. Okay. Is that a boy, boy girl? I got a boy who's nine, and He's I got a, a girl who's 13. Okay. The best, man. Yeah. The best. Yeah. The awesome. best. All right, Antonio, you are up, sir. What was the main driving factor for you wanting to become a comedian? And if you could have... Uh, give anyone any information about what you've, you've gone through in the past couple of years, what would you give them? Mm. Well, I think, like, uh, first of all, comedy was something I just did naturally because I wanted people to like me, I think. And I was, mo I was moved around so much as a kid that the only way for me to survive was to get people to laugh. You know, I'm thrown into a whole new school and a whole new environment, right? And, and uh, so for me, it was like, it was just the way I got people to like me. I just figured out that... Uh, you know, be, I was okay at sports, so I wasn't the last guy picked on the team. And then I was just a silly goose, and I would make people laugh, and they loved it. So that's maybe why I became a comic. You know, it was, it was shocking to me that I was able to do it as a living. Um, and as far as, like, the past two years, look, you're always going to go through – hi, Mom. Uh, you're, you're always going to go through um, – <laughs> you're always going to go through something. You're always going to go through something. You know what she's saying here? Yeah. Uh, she said hi brian hi you're always you're always gonna go through something or you're always gonna go through struggle you, you've got to everything please understand that it's all about what you're willing to struggle for mm. and and don't be afraid of the fact that sometimes things are difficult and that's okay by the way i wouldn't have been swearing if i knew these were kids listening. man you're good you are good dude we okay so do you know who's the, do you know bedros uh Quillian? 
Uh, okay. So, so Bedros has a whole, um, he's a brilliant entrepreneur and, and he has a whole program called the project and he brings, um, you know, brings men through this kind of 75 hour deal. And there's a couple of these other guys that are Navy SEALs and, and they're, that are working with him and, um, they really push forward good friends with, uh, Jay Ferrugia and, and some of those guys. So they push guys, you know, through this process, super hardcore. We've had a couple of his guys on here too. Steve Eckert, again, former, uh, like force recon, um, savage guy within 30 seconds, dude. I mean, we got all these young guys and he's just like, you motherfucker. And just like, <laughs> we got done, dude. And just shell shocked. These kids, these kids have heard it all. They know what's going on, man. They, they, they're so, they're not worried about it. And they're like, oh my God, it was the white David Goggins. And like, it's all, dude. So it is, uh, it is all good, man. No, we are, we are good. Uh, Hansel, you are up, sir. What was your greatest achievement? Oh, you know. I don't know. You know, by the time you achieve something, you don't feel like it's an achievement because it takes so long. You know what I mean? Like I, I looked at my like when I was fifty-one. I think I, I, I was on a. I kind of did this thing where I realized I'd drawn a line through everything I tried. I came to Los Angeles to do, so I was on two TV shows, and I was uh, I had a huge podcast, and I was you know selling out, headlining comedy all over the country and even in Canada and everywhere. And I thought to myself, this is as good as it gets, mm. which it was and which it is. And so, um, you know, but again, I, by the way, that took me 25 years. Bingo. It took me 25 years. That's not that big of an accomplishment. If you think about how it took me a quarter of a century to get to, to kind of get what I'd set out to do. And again, by the time that happens, it doesn't even feel like an achievement. You're kind of like, well, if anybody could achieve that, they worked at it as long as I did for 25 years. So you don't even get a chance to pat yourself on the back. But um, yeah, but, but the achievement never stops. That's achievement it. is, you know, what you're really trying to achieve is mastery over yourself, mm-hmm. over your state, mm-hmm. uh, mastery over the uh, over how you keep yourself inspired, yep. mastery over understanding and learning what's actually important. Mm-hmm. This is a lifelong process. So good. You know, I had somebody recently say something profound to me, and I'm 54, and they're they're a religious person. And they said, why don't you practice gratitude? And I said, what? And he said, why are you not deepening your connection to that which you have already? And that's here, instead of constantly looking over there to climb that mountain and climb that wall. Whatever happened to having humility, which is what it is, humility, because you've got to suspend your ambition. What happened to having the humility to stop and take a look around, man, mm, mm. at the people that love you, at the fact that you are pain-free, at the fact that you live in a country with representative government, you know, at the fact that I can still achieve my dreams and I, and I, and I have the, the ability and the means to continue to improve, mm. at, at the fact that I, I have all the information I need in my phone and I can educate myself to the nth degree that way. Whatever happened to that? And I, and I, and I, at 54, you guys, at 54, I realized how sorely lacking I was in that, that skill. And it's a skill. So man, it'll make your life a way better place. No Most of us are always looking over there and, and we don't, we don't take the time to look at our mother, for example, who's there for us, no matter what, those kinds of things. 
So good, so. man. So powerful, sir. So powerful. And there is power in that 25 years. Um, that is part of that. I mean, there is there is a pride to take because most men, you know, I think it was Thoreau, right? It's most most men lead a, a life of quiet desperation, uh, and it's because quiet right because they do they do they quit. You know, I always talk about this in, in the the small business world, and you know, X percent of small businesses fail within the first five years, and and you know, I'm sure it is a large percentage, but I don't necessarily think it's because that many people had bad ideas or were that bad at operating, they quit. It was hard and they quit, you know? And so that 25 years, there's a lot of value there too. But what you just said right there was, was extremely, uh, extremely powerful. Yeah, I I absolutely. Well, you know what Ralph Waldo Emerson, uh, not just Thoreau, but Emerson Mm -hmm. has a great essay called self-reliance and and really we'll paraphrase it. but, But he said, you have that spark, that idea, and usually we ignore it because mm. we don't think we are worthy of developing that spark. Mm. And then we see that spark developed somewhere else. And it comes back to us in, quote, an alienated majesty mm. because we knew it all along. And, and I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind. And Stephen Jobs said, once I realized that the world was, everything around me was made, invented, developed by people who are no smarter than I am, everything changed. It ain't about intelligence. It's just about, it's just about following that spark and asking the next question. Uh, I promise you that. So good. So good. All right, Luke, you are up, sir. Luke is our resident (laughs) ladies, man. (laughs) So my question is, um, you're a comedian, and um, what's the most people you've ever had like at one of your? At a show. I think thirty five hundred. The, the I, was, I did a show with Joe Rogan, and Joe put me up for about fifteen minutes, and uh, it was yeah, it was about thirty five hundred people. I think at the at the Chicago Theater. It's pretty cool. Mm. And I also did the Toronto Theater, which was some crazy number too. Yeah, I don't like anything. Anything bigger than that is a really strange thing. You know, it's, mm. it it gets. Uh, I've done some UFC crowds too at some big places with Joe. Yeah, and uh, get to in person. The, the, the laughter tends to be rolling. It's not. It's not as intimate as in club. Yeah, yeah, so. a little more impersonal. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's, I went to a. Uh, you're speaking about the achievements, and it just reminded me real quick too. So I went. My wife and I had. Uh, some front row seats to go see Chris D'Elia when he was in uh, Sacramento area. And he had his whole right. bit about Ted talks. Right. And he actually asked the Christ, has anybody in here ever done a Ted talk? And I, and I raised, you know, I raised my hand, dude. And he just, awesome. and dude, it wasn't after cause he just, dude, he just, he just ripped through me, dude, ripped through me. But then we got a chance to meet him at the end. And um, so you can go, there's a, I cut myself out of the picture now. I just put, cause we took a picture with him, but now I just have it. We have it in our house. It's just Chris and my wife. Um, <laughs> I just took myself out of it altogether, but he went and commented. He just called me Ted talk from there on out. But, uh, yeah, dude, he's like, yeah, that's congratulations great. on your achievement clown. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Antonio, you're up, sir. How did you meet Brendan Schwab and how did your uh, relationship with him take off? Hmm. Uh, so Brendan, um, I, I there's my friend, Nate Marquardt, um, who was the strike force champion. We had a long talk about how important it is not to listen to critics and how important it is not to listen to people tell you how good you are. So mm-hmm. a lot of people think you're supposed to ignore the critics and only listen to good things. My problem with listening to good things and compliments is compliments do two things. One, 
they cause you to relax and actually think that you have arrived or that you don't have to work at it anymore. Mm-hmm. And and they're very dangerous. And and compliments also do something called define you. If I tell you if you're a fighter, for example, and I say, dude, you're such a knockout artist. And you hear that enough from enough people. They start calling you a knockout artist. I don't care who you are. You're going to go out the next fight and you're going to try to knock that person out mm-hmm. instead of just fighting them and reacting to what they did. And life is like that in general. You know, be very careful about how people, about listening to the good and the bad. You listen to yourself because when you listen to the good and people tell you you're awesome or gifted or you're a really good athlete, I promise you, man, that'll creep into the back of your head and you probably won't work as hard as if someone says, yeah, you got you to gotta improve. You're good. You're good. But you, you got to, there's some room to improve. That keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Nate liked that. I had told him that and I, we got deep with it. And, um, and it's really about performance psychology, which I know a lot about because as a performer, I had to learn that. I had to learn not to choke. I had to learn not to self-sabotage. I had to learn how to talk to myself and not listen to other people. You know, like my friend whose whose mother, he was an actor and he wouldn't get the job. And his mother would say, oh, I guess my prayers aren't working. Yeah. And he'd be like, hey, mom, I don't need to know that God also doesn't want me to get the part. <laughs> you know? so my buddy Gary Imhoff used to tell that story. That's funny. Us, but it's so true. And so, so, so I think that, uh, so anyway, I went to talk to Tough, the ultimate fighter, because yeah. they brought me in. And Brendan was one of the guys training with everybody, with, uh, with Shane Carwin. I walk into this lion's den, and, and I'm supposed to talk to these guys about performance anxiety in the cage. The problem was, all I am is a high school wrestler and a black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I didn't belong there, man. <laughs> I immediately felt like a gazelle who wandered into a lion's den. Yeah. And so I think I just started making them laugh. And then they all came to my stand-up that night. I didn't know Brendan Schaub wanted to be a comic secretly. This hero wasn't an athlete, but Adam Sandler or Jim Carrey. So he moved to uh, Marina Del Rey, very close to me. I was in Venice. And we started hanging out every day. And I just, I, and he was so funny and such a good storyteller. And me, he and him and Joe Rogan were hanging out at Metamorris. And he was making us laugh our asses off. And, um, and, I, and, and Joe said, he's funny. And I go, I want to do a podcast with him. Joe's like, you should. And so that's how it started. And I said, we just started doing a podcast together. And he's such a good businessman and so relentless and just so consistent that he just kept me on my toes. Yeah. So that's how it happened. He's a stud. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we're going to link all this stuff in there too, but you, you guys on here too, if you guys haven't listened to the fighter and the kid, um, one of the, just, I mean, just phenomenal mass master. Yeah, I, I got my new podcast, big and hungry and big and hungry. Dang. Right. Absolutely. Check that out. Dang. Right. It sounds good. It's so good. And Conspiracy social club on Patreon. Yes. Yes. Good stuff, man. Uh, gentlemen, you are. We've got twelve minutes because we want to honor Mr. Callen's time. So just keep that in mind. Fenley Steel, like that's not even a real name, dude. But what a great uh, but name. I know Fenley Steel. Fenley Steel. Do it, sir. Out of all the countries you visited when you were young, which one was your favorite? Hmm. Well, first of all, congratulations on that blonde mane. <laughs> You have a mane. I love it. No doubt. I'm jealous. I'm je- I would love to have long blonde hair that I could wear over one side of my face. So first of all, thanks for making me feel old and bad about myself. Uh, the one country friendly, I love Lebanon. I have nothing but great memories of Lebanon. I love Italy. 
Uh, I love France. I mean, I, I like anywhere where the food is amazing. Yeah. The people are, are beautiful. Yep. Hard. So. Trey, you are up, sir. Thanks for coming on, sir. My question was, uh, what do you think is the biggest mistake you've ever made, and would you change it if you had the chance to? Mm. That's, a really, that's a really good question, man. Trey. That's a good question. You know, I, I, I will say this. There's a Zen poet who wrote a book, and the title of the book was One Continuous Mistake, because life is one continuous mistake. Mm. And one must continue to adjust their approach. You never get it just right. That's right. Maybe you do once. You might get, the judges might hold up three tens. But that's, that's probably once or twice in your life. Mm -hmm. And part of being a human being is to be limited and to be flawed. And so you are always going to make mistakes because you can't read the future. And you can't be perfect at anything. That's right. And I think you're probably supposed to make mistakes because I don't think there's any other way to adjust, get better, and thus grow. And most importantly, learn about yourself. Yeah. Learn who you really are. Yep. When I die, I want my gravestone to say, he gave more than he took and he tried to be right more than he was wrong, but he failed but he tried. <laughs> I just, or maybe just, or maybe just, I tried uh, no, hard. I want the whole thing. I like that entire thing. That's actually, believe it or not, on the, on the essential 11, when we don't necessarily have the Apogee guys on there, that's actually one of the questions that came through from the young people is what goes on the headstone. Um, I like that. I want the whole dang thing, man. Uh, that's rad. Yeah. That's rad. That's awesome. Okay. No. And that's uh, my buddy, Ray care. You know, former Navy SEAL CIA guy says you, you either win or you learn. You do a whole lot more learning than you do winning. Oh, yeah. And that's just oh, the, yeah. yep, and that's the reality. That's awesome. Will yeah. Graves, great state of Texas. What made you want to become a comedian? I, I think it chose me. I mean, I didn't have a choice. I wasn't very good at anything else. I wasn't that good at acting. I certainly didn't look the part. I just, I'm a regular guy. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I walk in the room and you're like, whoa, look at that medium that medium brown-haired white guy. You know? There wasn't anything special about the way I looked. And frankly, I wasn't even that good at acting because I didn't care that much. But I think I was just, the way I related to my friends, I love to laugh. And I love making my friends laugh. And so I said, what if I could make a living doing this? Mm. And I had a girlfriend who said, hey, dude, stop trying to be this brooding actor and get into stand-up comedy. You could do it. And uh, the rest is history. So that's what happened. That's awesome. Sometimes it's just like you just... Try something because you're terrified. That's right, man. We if we talk. Terrified it probably means you really want it. You probably do. That's it, man. And we tell these guys it's not. You know, everybody says ready, aim, fire. We say it's fire, aim, ready. Just go. Just <laughs> just do it. If you're terrified, go. Pull the trigger. Go, and then use that experience. Learn from that experience. Now you can start to aim, and then eventually you're going to be ready. But it goes backwards, man. Just go for it. Amen. I love it, Hansel. You are up, sir. You guys got seven minutes, Hansel. What is the meaning of life to you? Whoa, Hansel. You came I mean, in with the uh, Aiden question. It's a deep thing. Um, I, I think the meaning of life probably isn't just achievement, but um, I, think, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, I, I think my friend, my friend said you take, you take on your deathbed one thing, and that's a feeling. Ooh. And uh, I think that's probably true, right? Ooh. You you. 
you you look back on your life and what are you going to think? Are you going to are you going to have are you going to be satisfied? Are you going to be kind of like are you going to have a nice smile and kind of go well? You know, yeah. I left it all. I left it all there. When Kobe Bryant went down in that helicopter, you know, um, I'm sure he was heartbroken because he was there with his daughter. But if he hadn't been there with his daughter or anybody else, I think a guy like that probably said, "I left it all." No out doubt. Of the field. Yep. I did it all. Yep. And um, that—that's—that's that's prob- probably probably the meaning of life is to realize your potential, mm. to fulfill what you were put on this planet to do. And that doesn't have to be something flashy. Right. It doesn't have to be something incredible. Sometimes just being of service, yep. being a quiet bureaucrat that, that, that makes the trains run on time, that keeps track of our nuclear waste, mm. that makes sure that the, the building materials that we build our houses out of don't leak noxious and toxic gases. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to be said for different kinds of quiet heroes, yep. nurses that alleviate pain. It's not just about the guy with the guns who's killing bad guys. Yeah. Sometimes a hero is to find out how many lives you save. It's just doing those little things, man, That's like right. taking care of a neighbor who's way, way older than you are and lonely and walk, finding an excuse to take a walk with them. That's right. Those are the things that matter. That's right. Those are the things you will never regret. You will, you, it's not about, I know people with all the toys. I do. And I know people with a lot of money and they're not very generous sometimes. And, you know, uh, when somebody says to you on your deathbed, how generous were you? What's your answer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope it's a good one. Dang right. And there's, and I think you're right, man. There's a feeling that goes along with that too. You know, if you did it right. Right. You know if you did you know if you did right by everybody else. You do. That's so that, the integrity Dude, thing, that, you that's know. how you sleep well. Yes, sir. No matter what people say about you. Yes, sir. That's the one thing I've taken with me this year. Yes, sir. And a friend of mine said that. A friend of mine said, You know who you are. Yep. And that's very important, man. You know, you, no matter what happens to you, if you if you did the right thing, yep. people will know it. That's it. People man. know it. That's people it. People that know you know it. Yep. And no matter that you can't be touched. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't even matter if you die for it or you're putting your you what's important is at the end of the day you go to bed and you can sleep at night. That's it. Because you know. That's it. And and those are the heroes. I got to speak at an event with Mike Rowe. Uh, It was Ohio Department of Transportation that we spoke to. And and, I mean, he, that was basically the message of his entire thing. He's like, man, you guys are the heroes. You're doing the little things because you're doing things that matter and your integrity is, you know, you can't question that integrity. And I mean, he was relating the integrity to the, to the heroism and that's it, man, you know, at the end of the day, that's huge. Antonio, we're on the last, we're on the last uh, one or two there, guys. Antonio. When you had your role on the Goldbergs as coach and you wore your shorts, was that um, one of your favorite roles? I don't like wearing those shorts. It's kind of painful. <laughs> yeah, a blast doing that. Yeah, it was a combination of my father and my old wrestling coach. So, yes, it was easy work. A lot of fun. It was snug. All right, Fen- Fenley Steel. It's appropriate that you get the last one, sir. Yeah, I love steel. It. Fenley Steel. Mm. If you can save both, but you could either save, uh, let's say, all of Greenland, like everybody that lives there, or if you could save the president and the vice president wow. of the United States, and they were both willing to die, 
Which one would you save? Friendly with would the save everybody in Greenland in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> I'm not that crazy about the president. president. But also, it's the law of numbers. Yeah. I'm, I'm saving everybody in Greenland. And I don't care if they're not Americans. Everybody can kiss my butt. I'm but, saving the people of Greenland. That's awesome. Fenley, way to bring it. Way to cap it off with a Socratic question like that, sir. It's a good question, too, because, you know, people. some people are patriots. They're like, you know, this, that, yeah. Come on, come uh, on now. Yeah. Come on now. We're all people. We're all people, man. That is it. Yeah. Mr. Callen. So how how can we support not just these guys here, not just the crew here at Apogee, um, all the listeners for Essential Eleven are gonna hear this too. So what how can we support you best, my friend? Well, I've got a podcast called Big and Hungry. So good. I've got a, if you're if you're if you're eighteen and over, I don't know. I'm not gonna endorse it for kids. Yeah. And if uh, if you want to listen to Sam Tripley and myself argue back and forth about whether conspiracy theories exist or not, Patreon dot com slash conspiracy social club and it's five bucks a month and uh i we've had no complaints yet people seem to love it that's awesome but uh it's it's we can't really do it on youtube because we'll get banned it for sure so it's it's <laughs> that crazy but um, i have a blast doing it and, and the rest of it's just briancallen.com for all my dates if you want to come out and see me do stand up dang right highly recommended and i'll be in phoenix uh well i'll be in phoenix uh next this coming thursday friday saturday sunday Oh wow! So how how long is your tour? Do you get to go home after that, or do you go? Are you still going? No, I'll be. I, well, I go home and then I come. Then I then I go to Tampa. Okay. I'll be in Tampa um, uh, May twenty first and twenty second, nice. and then uh, and then I'm in I'm in Toledo. at the Toledo Funny Bone, ladies and gentlemen, yes. the 29th and the, and the first or something. I have no idea what to expect. That, but I've never been to Toledo. That's a dude. I'm I just. Oh, uh, Toledo's cool. I hear it's, I, I hear it's like Rome. Yeah, Toledo. Yeah, it's basically the Rome of of I don't know Ohio, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I'm just glad it's opening back up. I'm glad you're able to get back on the road. Um, that's cool, that's man. Because uh, the world needs it, and the world needs your perspective, sir. Um, extremely, extremely grateful. So glad we got to make this work, and for your flexibility and your graciousness and pouring into these young guys. Um, I'm going to send you something later. And if you got a PO box or an address, I can just send you a thank you from, from the entire unit around the world at Apogee. Um, we want to do that, man, because this is a big deal. I appreciate you, time. buddy. I man. appreciate you. Always available anytime. I really, I really, I love that you're doing good work, man. You're thank you. Really bro. good work. Thank you, brother. That's great. Thank you, yeah, brother. Stay in touch. If you're in LA, please call me. You're dang right. You got my number. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll grab a meal. We'll grab a meal and talk about what's important. Would be my honor, my friend. There you go, man. Brian Callen. Check out BrianCallen.com. If he is in your area at all, grab some tickets. Go see the show. You will not be disappointed. He is one of the best stand-up comedians in the game. Check out Fire and the Kid. Check out Big and Hungry. Both those podcasts are amazing. Uh, and and you know, find that guy anywhere. Any podcast he's on, you're you're bound to have a good time and hear some good things that make you laugh but you're also bound to hear a lot of things that make you think. And I hope this episode did the same for you. Uh, definitely did for me one of my favorites yet. So thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next time on the Essential 11.